This episode of the Mummy Fit Time podcast is proudly brought to you by my 28-day Mind and Body Boot Camp. Improving your health on the inside as well as on the outside, the Mind and Body Boot Camp will give you endless energy to get through your day without collapsing in a heap and help you move away from the ongoing cycle of stress building on stress. Plus, it is all online. No dragging the kids anywhere, which is wonderful. Registrations for the 28-day Mind and Body Boot Camp are now open, but they will only be open for a limited time before the doors close on 25th of September. This is the last time the boot camp will be offered in 2019, so make sure you head on over to www.mummefittime.com.au to register and let's get you mind and body healthy for summer. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Mummy Fit Time podcast. It's Nikki here and today it's just me talking to you. We don't have a special guest speaker, but I am here to have a chat to you about a topic that I guess is close to my heart uh, and that is the reasons why you might be having trouble shifting excess body weight, whether it's uh, after having children or uh, whether it is just in general, whether you had your child 20 years ago, whatever it might be, I'm here to give you some reasons why that might not necessarily be around um, the two common things that we feel we need to uh, alter in our life, which is exercise and nutrition. So I'm going to start off by sharing a little bit of a story about me. So um, I've got two children. I've got a three-year-old and a very soon-to-be five-year-old. And since I've had my three-year-old, I did in my pregnancy, both my pregnancies, I put on a lot of weight. I put on about 30 kilos of weight. Um, And since I've had my three-year-old, I can count off I guess off the top of my head, three times where people have mistakenly congratulated me or patted my belly or asked when I'm due and I wasn't actually pregnant. And I don't know if this has happened to you, but it's a, it makes you feel shit. <laughs> it's a really horrible feeling and you might try to brush it off as a bit of a joke, um, but you've sort of got that thing in the back of your mind there of, oh, why, why can't I get rid of this weight around my belly? Why are people thinking that I am pregnant all the time? Um, so like th- this actually happened to me. I was in my swimmers um, and my one of my children's uh, swimming teachers actually said to me, um, oh, like, congratulations. And then um, when I said, oh, I'm not actually pregnant, she's like, oh, I've been watching your belly grow. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> what's going on here? And, like, I knew the reasons for it. I knew it was a combination of, well, yes, I had been eating a little bit too much. I had eaten a meal just before I'd gotten in the pool as well. My period was due. There was a whole stack of reasons. Let's talk about some of those reasons. Because I'm sure that I'm not the only mum out there that has experienced this. And I'm sure I'm not the only mum out there that tends to hold weight around their belly and you want to lose weight. So let's talk about the reasons why that that might be. So first of all, let's talk about weight and whether that is actually fat. So first of all, weight does not equal fat. That's something really important to remember. 
So there are so many reasons why you might be having difficulty shifting excess weight uh, and none of them necessarily have anything to do with fat that you're holding around your, your belly or it might be a reason why you're tending to draw in some excess fat storage around your belly region. The first is hormones. So if you don't actually track your uh, your monthly cycle, I suggest now is a really good time to start because you'll know, um, first of all, to avoid weighing yourself two to three days before you get your period because you tend to be a little bit more bloated. You tend to be holding a little bit more water at that time. And why do we gain weight before we, uh, we're menstruating? Well, it's all in the home hormone balance. So before your cycle regulation, um, so before your cycle starts, sorry, um, your estrogen and your progesterone levels drop rapidly. So when those estrogen levels are, are dropping rapidly, that also tends to be the reason why we feel cranky and tired and depressed and getting body aches and things like that. And because these hormones control the regulation of water in your body, the fluctuations can actually uh, hold onto more water. And that's why you tend to feel a bit puffy around your middle area before you're due to have your period. The retention of water here can also cause bloating in your digestive tract. So whilst bloating isn't actual weight gain, it can make your clothes feel tighter hence why you might feel that uh, you're putting on weight. And that being said, your, uh, your cravings right before um, you have a period as well can also play a role in weight gain um, around your cycle. So eating a lot of salt and sugar can make you retain more water. So that's something really key to keep in mind is the, the role that hormones actually have in um, how our body is retaining uh, water, weight, etc. at that particular time in your life or particular stage of your menstrual cycle. So let's move on and have a chat about water retention a little bit more. So the balance of water is one of the most important processes in your body um, and there's many factors that actually alter this. So if your body notices it doesn't have enough water to do what it needs to do, it will then hold on to it. So that's really key, I guess, in terms of maintaining your hydration levels. And I'll just expand on this a little bit more. So while hormones are one of the causes of water retention, there can be other factors as well. So if you're drinking too little water or eating super salty foods that can cause you to retain water, then you do retain water because it's soaking in, it's effectively dehydrating you. So if you've munched on a family bag of chips and then you haven't had um, enough water through your day or you haven't been drinking water while you're munching away on those chips, then you can expect a temporary increase on the scales as your body holds on to that excess water because it doesn't know whether you actually are in a state of dehydration. It doesn't know when that next water source is coming. So it tends to hold on to it a little bit more. Let's chat digestive issues. So is your tummy less than happy? Because this can actually cause a sudden weight gain. And by less than happy, 
they can be like, we can talk about this in so many ways. So less than a uh, happy tummy could be that you're, you're bloated for one. You're having trouble with digesting your food. You might be experiencing um, stomach cramps or um, gastro problems, leaky gut in particular. Um, so this can go two ways. If you're constipated, you hold more waste in your digest- digestive tract for longer, which contributes to your weight. Or if you experience loose bowel movements, it can be inflammation that causes you to retain water. So either way, if it's an ongoing problem, I suggest you do seek uh, help from a qualified health practitioner because you do really want to get on top of the reasons why you might be having digestive issues. And this can also um, lead into uh, leaky gut. And there's, there's a fair bit of talk around leaky gut at the moment. I'm not sure if you've been exposed to any of that chatter, but if either of those two things sound like something that might be happening with you, then do have a chat to a medical practitioner and also have a do a bit of research around a leaky gut as well. So I touched on inflammation there. So what is actually inflammation? Well, let's talk about inflammation in terms of belly fat. So it can be associated with uh, eating too many processed foods or foods that don't agree with your body. So think about uh, gluten intolerance, lactose intolerance, uh, etc. So you may also have an unhappy digestive system, which I've just chatted on. Um, and some other examples of that unhappy digestive system are excess wind, excess, uh, sorry, cramps, bowel trouble. Um, all those things can lead to inflammation slash bloating. So... First, I guess that takes us back to, um, in terms of inflammation, that's where you really do want to be having a chat to a qualified health practitioner to see if that's what you're experiencing. But also pay attention to what you might be having intolerances to. So are you, does your digestive system feel unhappy when you've had uh, lactose or dairy products such as milk or cheeses? When you've had gluten, so when you've had wheat products, does your body feel unhappy? And not everybody experiences these symptoms. Some people might experience inflammation um, from some certain foods while while others don't. So for example, myself, I don't have a gluten intolerance. So, um, I quite happily eat uh, products that contain gluten. So uh, once again, I'm going to reiterate that that's the time that you want to be having a chat to a qualified health practitioner. Now, we may have heard about uh, building muscle and how muscle weighs, which is totally true. Muscle does weigh, okay? So um, building muscle is fantastic for you in the long term. So strength training not only boosts your metabolism, but it can also protect your joints and bones, support a healthy heart and balance your blood sugar levels. So resistance training, strength training is really good for you. And that's what I encourage. In fact, putting on my personal trainer hat, that's what I predominantly um, give my clients is resistance training exercises for those very reasons. And it is fantastic for those very reasons at burning fat as well. But over time, when you've been training regularly, 
you do tend to build muscle. And when I say build muscle, you're not building muscle to a point where you're looking like a bodybuilder. Okay, particularly for women, particularly for women, it is very hard to build your muscle to the point of looking like a bodybuilder. And that's simply because we just do not store enough testosterone within our bodies. Those women that do tend to look bulky, well, you know what, they're training a hell of a lot. They're eating very specific diets as well. So that is why they're looking particularly toned and um, I guess ripped. For the average person like you and I, by doing resistance training and strength training, you're not going to bulk up like a a bodybuilder. Um, However, you will build muscle. Okay, and building muscle can uh, slowly increase your weight. So when you're jumping on those scales um, and you're um, looking at those scales and you're going, oh, I've put on one kilo. Why is that when I am doing all this stuff to lose weight? It may be that it is actually measuring not your fat, it's measuring your, um, your body mass as well, your muscle. Because that's what scales do. Scales measure your body mass. It schedules every uh, weighs everything that is on that scale. It's not splitting up and going, this is your fat percentage and this is your um, muscle percentage. There are certain scales out there that do that. But, you know, majority of us don't have those. So, um, and I think this is really important to, to note here as well, that Muscles take up less room, so you can still lose centimeters without losing weight. This is why I try to, when I'm working with my clients, I try to avoid weight measurement. I try to go for more other measurables, such as um, measurements with a tape measure, feeling of whether you're fitting into your clothes or not, generally how you're feeling, um, one of my um, uh, favorite nutritionists that I work with, um, Caroline Power, she, um, we've got a actually podcast interview coming up with her in a couple of weeks. She specializes in emotional eating. And one of her key taglines is that she says, um, healthy is not a size, it's a feeling. And I think that that is really important to keep in mind there. So let's Let's just shift our, um, what we're talking about here and let's have a chat now about when there is tummy fat. So unlike other areas of your body, your tummy actually has two layers of fat. Uh, so this is likely why your legs and arms appear to slim down and tone faster than your tummy. The top layer is called subcutaneous fat and this is what sits on top. Subcutaneous fat stores are uh, unused calories around your waistline that are similar to how your body stores fat elsewhere in your body. So your body uh, does this in case you ever enter starvation mode and it needs to call on your fat stores to maintain life. The other type of fat, the underlying fat, is visceral fat. And this is the fat that surrounds your vital organs. So this is actually the more concerning fat um, that actually can cause health implications such as diabetes, high blood pressure and heart disease. It can play havoc with your insulin resistance, um, sorry, with your insulin resistance levels and can also lead to more complicated health issues. So it can be one of the harder uh, lots of fat stores to actually uh, lose as well. 
Um, and unfortunately for some people, they are naturally predisposed to carry more fat in the belly region than others. So thank you, genetics, because <laughs> genetics plays a huge role there, which again is why you may be storing fat even though you feel like you're doing everything right um, to be removing that fat the best that you can. So this doesn't mean that you can't work towards losing fat. In fact, it is even more important to try and reduce the amount of visceral fat around your vital organs when genetics is coming into play. So let's have a chat now about some of the fastest but healthiest ways to losing fat or to losing unwanted fat. So the fastest, healthiest way to losing unwanted fat may in fact seem the slowest way. Sorry guys, but trust me, it, it actually isn't. So the average person on a weight loss journey um, aimed at long-term success, and this is really key, aimed at long-term success, will lose between half a kilo to one kilo a week, okay? The reasoning for this is that often diets or programs that have quicker results are not necessarily sustainable in the long term, meaning that, um, sorry, I totally lost my train of thought there. I heard my dogs barking, <laughs> completely got sidetracked. So um, what I mean by sustainable long term is that you might find that um, when you lose a lot of weight uh, quickly, you might find that you are entering into that yo-yo dieting effect where you lose weight, and then you gain weight, and then you lose weight, and then you gain it all back in once you start eating regularly again. When we're aiming for long-term weight loss, and by losing um, generally between half a kilo to one kilo per week, and don't get me wrong, some people will lose more than that, some people will lose less than that. When I'm on a weight loss journey, I lose about 200 grams a week. So um, I guess, um, what, what I'm trying to say here, though, is, um, sorry, my dogs have completely thrown me off here, but, um, but what I'm trying to say here is uh, what we're trying to do with uh, long-term uh, weight loss is create sustainable practices and create sustainable habits that will help you so that when you, um, you're not going off that seesawing dieting effect there. So let's, um, I'm going to move on here now and have a chat about the uh, four pillars of health that I like to talk about. Because as you can see, I've covered some topics here that um, the reason why you're, you're holding on to excess weight, as you can see, are not necessarily coming down to exercise or just nutrition. But let's talk about those now. So um, I have these four pillars of health. And if you caught my last podcast with Kobe from The Real Mum Life, we actually um, moved that into a pentagon to include mental health slash mindset as well. But the four pillars are, the original four pillars are exercise, nutrition, stress and sleep. Let's touch on those very quickly. So exercise. So picture this, because I'm sure you can picture this really well, actually. Exercise. You have been doing regular exercise. Um, you train regularly and you're not seeing results. And there can be a number of reasons for this. So the first is that you might be plateauing. 
with your exercise. Sometimes when you've been doing the same routine for a while, you do begin to plateau. And plateau is basically flatlining. So you aren't progressing up, but you aren't progressing down either. It's just sort of you've hit that, that mark and then you're just sort of traveling along at the same, same pace, same line basically. Changing your exercise can sometimes be the rejig that your muscles need. Muscles like to keep guessing and I guess it stops you from becoming bored too. And that rejig, just that slight rejig in your exercise can then suddenly start seeing you um, achieving results again. And I've proved this with my clients. I've got one particular client who I've been training with for just over a year now. And we adjusted her routine up, um, changed up her exercises. And I, I do this with her every 12 weeks. We completely change the, um, what she's doing to keep her muscles guessing so that she doesn't leave that plateau um, hit that plateau and she has she's seen fantastic results as a um as a result of uh, changing up her exercise routine another reason why um you might not be seeing the results that you're wanting to in terms of exercise is that you're doing the right the wrong type of exercise so you need to do a combination of weights and cardiovascular training quite often people will do and this is a bit of an old myth that cardio training uh, used to be the bee's knees in terms of weight loss. And whenever someone was trying to lose weight, it was like, I must do cardio. I must go running. I must go swimming. I must do bike riding or whatever it might be. Studies now show that strength training increases muscle mass. And basically, muscle burns more calories than fat. And therefore, you naturally burn more calories through the day by having more muscle. And this is why HIT, which is high-intensity interval training workouts, are really popular because it's a combination of cardio and strength at a high intensity, which really creates this perfect storm of fat burning. And the other one, when it comes to exercise, is not doing enough exercise. So this is a hard one because when you have children, it can be hard to get your optimal level of exercise in. So this is where I suggest to anyone that I work with is to take opportunities to move through your day and where possible, raise your heartbeat. I am going to touch on this one in future podcasts as well and provide some tips on how to increase um, your heart rate through the day as well. But those three things really come into play. The plateauing, the doing the wrong types of exercise or not doing enough exercise really comes into play when it comes to losing weight. Let's have a chat about nutrition quickly. The other pillar, the second pillar. So nutrition, a diet of chips, biscuits, lollies and pies. Yum, but it's not going to give you weight loss results. Hate to say it. So I guess most people know this. However, for some people, it can be as simple as making a few tweaks to your diet um, that line up with the Australian Healthy Eating Guidelines. And I really do, because I'm not going to delve into this too much, I'm not a nutritionist. Have a chat to a nutritionist. I've got some fantastic nutritionists that I work um, alongside with. So I mentioned Caroline Power just before. I also work with Inna from Inner Me Health. Um, and they would be very happy to help you in terms of your nutrition. Um, 
I've also got some other um, nutritionists as well, um, Sky Hanley, Samantha Gamble as well, that I receive a lot of nutrition advice from. So do send me a message if you are wanting to get in contact with a nutritionist and I can set you on the path to having a chat with the, uh, the right one for you, the good fit for you. Let's talk about the third pillar. So the third pillar is the one that I am most passionate about at the moment, which is stress. And the reason I'm most passionate about this right now is for one, it's something I'm experiencing for myself in my life. Um, And as a result, I am finding that I have put on a bit of weight recently as a result of this. But the second reason I'm also really passionate about it is because it's a key component of the Mind and Body Boot Camp that is um, going to be starting in October. And if you are listening to this podcast prior to the 25th of September, then uh, you can definitely um, jump on board and register to do the uh, Mind and Body uh, Boot Camp. It's a 28-day online boot camp. And I really dive into stress here and how um, we can actually reduce overwhelm and our body's reaction to stress. But um, now that I've had that little spiel out of the way, let's actually talk about stress. Having too much of it actually makes it harder to lose weight. And I read an interesting um, statistic the other day um, that said that most adults spend about 70% of their life in a stressed out state which is really scary. Um, And stress has this tendency to hold on to excess weight, especially around your tummy. And this links back to hormones because stress actually creates a hormone called cortisol. And sometimes cortisol increases increases the amount of fat that your body clings to and enlarges your fat cells. Um, so some studies have found that high levels of cortisol are linked to more visceral fat. So remember how I spoke about subcutaneous fat and visceral fat, the two layers of tummy fat. So ironically, this is, and this is quite sad really, but ironically, physical stresses such as over-exercising and endurance exercise can also upset cortisol balance. Hormones play a huge role in terms of weight loss just like huge role and hormones there's different there's your stress hormones and your sex hormones and I explore this a little bit more in my mind and body boot camp I'm not going to explore it more here because I am running out of time but I do want you to, to just be aware of the role that stress actually plays in your life in terms of your weight loss if you're struggling to lose weight it may be due to some stresses in your life Sleep, let's talk about sleep. This is a horrible one for me to bring up as a mum because uh, you might be in the season in your life where sleep, you just laugh at the thought of having sleep. <laughs> and I get it, I totally get it. But um, so I guess as a mum, it's, it's hard to hear about how important sleep can be because you may not be getting that really good restorative sleep that you need to be getting to um, see results in terms of your weight loss. But the thing is, when you aren't getting good sleep, then um, uh, what it actually does is the lack of sleep creates excess stress in your body. And then that loops back to stress and the increase of cortisol within your body. And This is something, um, I really hate to say this one too, but 
caffeine is actually a stressor on your body. So sometimes we find that we enter this cycle where we're sleep deprived, we're exhausted, we need a cup of coffee to wake ourselves up for the day. So we have a cup of coffee and then that caffeine acts as a stressor on our body and it increases the amount of adrenaline that is rushing through our body. And then that in turn increases uh, the impact that stress has on our body. That cortisol comes into effect and suddenly we're retaining uh excess weight due to the stress. So can you see that that really yucky cycle there? Now, there's not much we can do with sleep if we've got children or other factors in our life that are keeping us awake. But what you can do with your sleep is pay attention to the things that you can control. So whether it is excess exposure to our blue light from our computer screens, phone screens, TV before you go to bed, whether it is you're staying up to midnight binge watching Netflix. And, you know, I'm guilty of that myself because that time after the kids go to sleep is just your chill time. I get it. But... Um, try to have some regular sleep and get as much sleep as you can rather than having disrupted sleep or uh, not good restorative sleep as a result of excess things that you can actually control in your life, such as those things that I just mentioned. So I guess that's my four pillars of health. And then catch my last podcast, so episode number, might have been episode number four, Episode number three, I can't quite remember now. It was uh, with the episode with Kobe from The Real Mum Life uh, talking about um, how being a super mum is that good for our health because that one was all about mindset, mental health and how that plays a huge role in our life as mums and also then that one ties all the way back to stress. So can you see why I'm so passionate about stress at the moment? (laughs) Anyway, I have kept you for long enough. Thank you so much for listening so far um, through this podcast. Um, And I am just going to leave you with um, just a few little tips. Okay, so two little tips that you can incorporate into your life. And the first one is to take control. And I mentioned that with sleep. So take control of the things that you can actually control in your life, whether that is doing a five-minute workout in your day um, or whether it's choosing to eat a bag of chips or a piece of fruit um, or choosing to do one minute to meditate if you've got a minute spare. Take control and do it because all those things are going to contribute to those four pillars and helping you with your health and fitness journey. And the other big thing is consistency. Okay, you can't do an exercise session or you can't have one night's good sleep or you can't do a meditation to reduce stress and then go, tick, okay, let's lose weight body. Unfortunately, it comes down to consistency and you need to be doing things consistently. I'm not talking about going out and doing five hardcore exercise sessions in your week. But you do need to be making um, uh, small, consistent changes through your week. And that comes back to those choices that I just said with taking control, like choosing uh, a piece of fruit over a bag of chips, doing five minutes of exercise per day, etc. Consistency. Don't do just one thing per week and go, yep, done it, and expect things to change. 
So I'm going to leave you there, ladies um, or gentlemen or whoever is listening to this podcast right now. Um, I'm quite excited for uh, our next podcast that's going to be coming out. So we're going to be chatting with Abby from um, Live Wisely and she's going to be chatting to us about Ayurveda and low-tox health uh, and different body types and how um, we can eat and exercise according to our body types. Thank you so much for listening and I shall chat to you soon.